The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Here we go. It is Sunday. It is February 7th, Super Bowl Sunday. As a matter of fact, we're glad you're here. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to cover common estate planning mistakes. We also have another edition of Ask Annex. We'll check in with Brian Fiore, Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management in Naples, and let you know about a couple of webinars, including one that happens pretty quick. It's going to happen on Thursday. My name is Danny Clayton. Chief Investment Officer is Derek Felsky. Good morning. Good morning, Danny. Dave Spano is traveling. Let's check in with Mark Beck. Good morning, Director of Wealth Management services. Good morning, Danny. Let's talk about this past week. Interesting as usual. You know, it certainly was. A lot of volatility this past week. You know, Last week was a bit of a sell-off. Um, you know, Some anxiety around the GameStop activities and things like that. And by the dip seemed to be the theme this week. Uh, and really coupled, Derek, with some pretty excellent earnings announcements this week. A couple of those things really driving some upside in the stock market. Yeah, I think, you know, last week, the last two weeks, actually, you know, the banks reported, they all reported better than expected. They reduced their loan loss reserve requirements, yet they sold off. The following week, we had, we heard from any number of big tech companies. They all beat estimates, and only one, Netflix, actually rose on good results. The rest sold off. And that was primarily because stocks had just moved too far ahead of, of the underlying fundamentals. And that was aggravated, of course, last week by what happened with GameStop, where a lot of shorts were, were getting creamed in the hedge fund space. And in order to meet margin calls, you got to sell your winners. So they put pressure on stocks that they had owned on the long side. But this week, we more than recovered last week losses. As an example, the S&P was down 3% last week, up almost 5% this week. Uh, we've had good earnings results from any number of companies. We've got an 83% beat rate. And it's not just beat. It's beat by a, by a whopping margin. I mean, the largest we've ever seen. So obviously, the analysts have been very slow to reincorporate what an improving economy can do with corporate earnings results. And we expect that to continue for a while. Yeah, I think you you know you see negative news and you hear negative news, and so the analysts are are susceptible to that also, and they don't want to move their estimates too high and be the person that's putting an overly rosy picture out there. But third quarter in a row where more than 80% of companies have beat their earnings estimates. This quarter, I think the measure is about 17% ahead of estimate, which is a very big margin. So there has certainly been positive news there. And um, I think you can put that together, you know, with the base of sector rotation that we're also starting to see. So you mentioned, for example, some tech stocks, good earnings, but the stocks, you know, really didn't move or maybe even maybe even faded a little bit. But conversely, you're starting to see some of that focus turn to some of those sectors that hadn't been loved all through 2020. Yeah, we, right. We saw like ExxonMobil report. They had a very weak report, but they have rationalized their their operations. The stock traded up off a miss. Uh, the energy sector itself was up almost 9% this week. Remember, energy last year was the worst performing sector by a mile. And then financials up 7% this week as the yield curve continues to steepen, which enhances their profitability provided they they start to loan more money. 
You know, I would put Ford really from Friday into that example, right? So Ford, you know, um, had a had a loss that they reported again, but they talked about switching their lineup to be much more electric focused, and the stock traded up. And it really, it's you know, it's just about those shifts of strategy um, that people are watching for as these companies go through you know their earnings calls, and in some spots heavily rewarded when they hear the right things. Yeah, and we talked about this, you know, Dave and I talked about this last Sunday. You know, when you see some of your favorite stocks go down, don't think you're missing anything. Sometimes they just get ahead of themselves. You're a long-term investor. Use that as an opportunity, perhaps, to to add your position on weakness uh, if you feel comfortable about the underlying fundamentals. Because ultimately, earnings prevail, and it's the valuation that you pay on those earnings that's important. And that can shift from week to week, month to month, depending upon headline, sentiment, liquidity, and the rest. But the underlying fundamentals of the Fed remaining accommodative, fiscal stimulus Coming, and it looks like the Democrats want to go big. They really want that $1.9 trillion package to be passed, and they apparently have the votes to do it. They're trying to make it bipartisan, but if they do get it done, it's going to affect the economy. There's going to be a lot more liquidity coming, a lot more cash in the hands of those Robinhood traders. So expect continued volatility, but be prepared to take advantage of it. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer, along with Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management Services at Annex Wealth Management. We've got them for the rest of the show. How can we help? Well, I can tell you this. We're a Barron's Top Advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. We're on the list for the Top 100 Wealth Managers at RIAChannel.com. The most important part, we are a fee-only fiduciary. Our website that you can visit on a Sunday morning before you get into Super Bowl coverage is AnnexWealth.com. Read our story. Click the Get Started button and you'll start the process. We're going to be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Has the relationship with your financial advisor changed? It was great at first, but now you never hear from them unless they've got something to sell. Or once you learn about conflicts of interest, excessive fees, or a lack of resources, Annex Wealth Management is different. We provide comprehensive investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning using our team built to serve. We're experienced, we're local, we're ready, and most importantly, we're a fee-only fiduciary. Meet the challenges this year with a partner acting in your best interest. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex this is Wealth Management segment. Show. We're going to talk about estate planning with the estate planning attorney for Annex Wealth Management, Jill Martin. Welcome back. So you wrote a great blog piece, and that is available on our website. Yes, it is. So it's really talking about kind of what are the, the biggest planning mistakes that we see most common among estate plans that we review for clients and just things that we hear about in the community from other people? Let's go with the big three and, and not having the estate plan, using do-it-yourself software, and then relying on your neighbor and the legal advice. So let's go through those. What happens when somebody doesn't have an estate plan? And I can t- here's the spoiler alert. I think it's a big mess, right? It, it can be a big mess. Basically, what happens is, is there are state statutes that default so that there are rules that every state around the country has that says, if you didn't have an estate plan, this is what's going to happen. Because there are 60% of Americans that don't have an estate plan. There's a couple of things, right? There's during lifetime, you would need to have guardianships in, put in place if you don't have a health care or a financial power of attorney, which is someone to step in and make your decisions and manage your finances for you. 
During lifetime, it's critical for you to have two documents in place, a healthcare power of attorney and a financial power of attorney. And that's where you select who's going to be that person that makes your healthcare related decisions when you're not competent to do so. And also who's going to be able to step in and manage your finances when you can't do it anymore. Any other mistakes that that happen? I mean, that, that people all of a sudden realize when they're kind of wading through this? Again, the state provides default rules for who your heirs are, right? So it's generally going to follow your bloodline, your next of kin, so to speak. But what happens is if you don't want it to go to those people or if you don't have any children or grandchildren and who do you want that to go to? Do you want it to go to siblings? Do you want it to go to nieces and nephews? Maybe not if you don't have a close relationship. So you need to do planning to figure out who that's going to go to. Jill Martin is our estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about the mistakes made with estate plans. Just talked to some clients yesterday and, oh, my neighbor, you know, she did this, she did that. And I said, well, I said that and that may very well work. But it was basically they they researched on the Internet and picked a bunch of clauses from all sorts of different agreements that they like and threw them into a document. Right. I don't know that that's going to be great. It might have saved you some legal costs up front. But I can probably bet you that for every dollar you saved on the front end, it's going to cost your family and your kids three to four times what you saved in legal fees to clean it up on the back end. Your neighbors will always have an opinion on what yard trimmer to get or what estate plan to have. Absolutely. I'm all for the kibitzing around the coffee table. But what happens is, is everybody's got a unique situation. And so what your neighbor is going through from a financial standpoint or what their assets look like and their estate looks like, or even your parents or your siblings, everyone's in a unique situation. So doing just what you heard your neighbor talk about is not necessarily going to be the right fit for you. And so it's important to get a good advisor, whether it's a financial planner, a wealth advisor like we have here at Annex, an estate planning attorney, an insurance advisor, all of those people, you need to have your own team that knows your situation. So the last 10 clients that you've worked with, what would you say out of 10, how many were the same? Absolutely none of them. Let's talk about the legal nitty gritty. When they go awry with legally invalid documents, then that's really where the costs start to go up because you've got somebody that needs to wade through that. Every different document that is part of an estate plan has different execution requirements so that it's legally valid. There's little nuances in executing documents correctly, and a lot of people don't read the fine print, which is important in legal documents. Another mistake is the wrong individual as the power of attorney, the executor, or the trustee. That's a disaster in the making. It is, Danny, and it's one of those things that I don't think people think about it as much as they really should. You know, it's a big decision on who is going to be that financial power of attorney for you, who's going to be your executor or your trustee, because they're the person that's going to be responsible for A, following your wishes, but B, keeping everyone else informed. And you want to make sure that person is trustworthy, good with finances, is a good family communicator. It's not just a default to, I go with my oldest child and then the middle child and then the youngest. Like That's not necessarily the order. That And that's what a lot of people do. They just don't think about it. And they say, child one, two, and three. But that could get you into trouble. And I look at my parents as an example. My mom has two brothers. One was financially very, very savvy. One is one was not. not. <laughs> um, and so there had to be a decision made there in, in terms of who did you trust. Okay. There's an estate plan in place, but things change. The estate plan needs to get redone a little bit. Right. So changes happen all the time, right? And so estate planning is never a one and done type of a deal. And so you want to make sure 
as things change, whether it's family, whether it's finances, whether it's tax laws, pull that thing out and dust it off and take a look at it. And that's one of the things I do at Annex for our clients is, is to do a comprehensive review of the current estate plan. We're talking about mistakes people make when they have estate plans. And the last one we're going to talk about is, is you've got the estate plan, but somebody better know where to find it. So that's a great one. And actually, you know, I just got a text from my mother-in-law last night. They live in Nebraska and they had all that major flooding. So their original documents are kind of AWOL. We don't know where they are. Now, we all have copies of them that she provided us, but the original will is basically destroyed. So it's important to make sure, A, people have copies of them, but it's also important to make sure that you do keep them in a fireproof and maybe a floodproof safe, depending on where you are, and that somebody has access to that thing. Jill Martin, our estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, talking about mistakes with estate planning. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. And this is the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, February 7th. We're going to be back on 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Our website, wide open, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. First one is from Cal. An inflation scare is more likely. What will the Fed think? You know, I think that's a a great question because it's really going to determine what happens in the bond market and, frankly, the stock market as well. If you think about it, in two months, we're going to anniversary the shutdown, a period in which the price of oil collapsed, airfares collapsed, and the like. Jerome Powell addressed that a little bit after the FOMC meeting where he basically said that the baseline prices will obviously increase. It's just the law of numbers. But ultimately, he doesn't believe that it will be sustainable. And as a result, the Fed is unlikely to react. So when you do hear about people saying inflation is going to pick up, it will, but it won't necessarily affect the actions of the Fed. Ask Annex. Next question is from James. Uh, Todd Voigt, this one for you. How do you use LEI in determining when to make moves? And what's LEI? Well, LEI, I take as uh, leading economic indicators. And they're uh, of which there's 10. One of the indicators is stock market, S&P 500, and others, uh, bond spreads, et cetera. But uh, people have, for years, broken down the 10 economic indicators to try to predict where the economy is going. The leading economic indicators is a composite index put out by the Bureau of Economic Analysis as a gauge for where the economy should be going. And there's ways to use it, but not for time in the market. Uh, There's better tools or metrics to use for dealing with the market than the leading economic indicators. Okay, this one's via text. Politician said the stock market doesn't reflect our actual economy. Dave Spano, is that correct? Well, we've been saying that for a long time. We saw it last year where the stock market was doing great and the economy was not. And so the economy it looks like it's now improving despite some of these numbers we saw in the short term. We're seeing better GDP numbers, but there is some stuff that we're paying attention to, like unemployment numbers and the like. But the stock market could do well this year if the economy does well. But that's not what we saw last year. It could certainly change. Yeah, just I want to add something to that, too. The um, market is a leading indicator of the economy. So the market 
was anticipating an improving economy. The other aspect of that is, what is the connection between the market and the economy? If you think people are getting rich and, and other people are not, that, that market's in your 401k. If market rising benefits all the people that have 401ks and retirement plan, which is a lot of people. If the market's rising, it's not just rich people getting richer. It's a, it affects everyone. That's right. Right down to the rank and file. The Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News with Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management in Naples. Good morning. Good morning, Danny. Investing always carries risks, but with the right mindset and a pro guidance, one can avoid costly mistakes. We're going to concentrate on three higher risk investments and share three reasons why you should proceed with caution. Brian, let's talk about them. And the first is penny stocks. Yeah, that's a, an old term. I think um, most people think penny stocks, uh, they think of things that trade under $5 and often under $1 where you're looking at pennies and pricing. I think in general, uh, the way I look at it is there's Stocks that are low price and they're low price for a reason. They usually aren't on a major exchange, so they don't have to tell you all of the disclosures and things about the business. They can only tell you what they want. So if you're an investor and you only are hearing the good things about businesses, um, beware of what you're investing in. And there's not a lot of research. There's not a lot of people that follow them. So you can't be sure you're getting good good research recommendations from anybody in that environment. With the cost of trading going lower and lower, there's alternatives that are popping up where you can buy uh, partial shares, fractional shares of investments. So instead of if it's a, a, a limit of money problem, and that's why you're looking at penny stocks, you know, you're a couple hundred dollars or whatever it is, you can buy a partial share of a real full disclosure company on exchange instead of having to, to spend maybe $1,000 a share, you could buy a partial share of whatever. So I'd say that's probably a better alternative as far as investing goes. You know, gambling and throwing money at whatever, you can do that with, with any amount you, you want. Hopefully it's not your real money. I would treat penny stocks as more of the gambling. Type. The other slightly risky investment is risky companies with high dividend yields. There's usually a reason you see a high dividend yield. Companies compete. They want to, if they want to be known as an income producing business, they're, they know other companies are doing the same. So they're trying to grow their business, be a good business, but also produce cash flow to their investors. When you see companies with high dividend yields, there's usually something else going on than that. Either there's a lot of leverage in the business where they're using leverage to create more income and cash flow to send out to shareholders. And then that could hurt if things go wrong in the leverage. And there could be other things where the data just hasn't caught up to the price. Maybe the stock price has gone down a whole bunch because the business outlook is poor and they just haven't reduced their dividend yet. So the dividend yield still looks high because they haven't reported that they're going to lower the dividend. And that happens a lot as well. Um, so definitely uh, know what you're getting into. Do some research on why the dividend is what it is and how and where it comes from. We are chatting with Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management in Naples, talking about three risky investments, how to proceed with caution. Another one is IPOs. They can be risky, right? Yeah, they're the unknown. Initial public offering, IPO. Usually, I think the, the media gets it a little bit wrong when they say the company IPO'd today and was up 100%. They're usually giving you the price of the pre-market, pre-investor, not the first trade on the public market that a normal investor would get. So often the, the comparison is wrong. If there's a lot of hyper buzz on a company that goes public, that first trade price could be a lot higher than what the pre-market or first investors are paying. So you know, be aware of that. It becomes attractive when you see you know all these IPOs have done well in the past six or eight months and they're up a certain percent. But if you look at the actual gain after the first trade, that is much different. It could actually be down instead of up. So uh, depending on which one you're looking at, 
Investing always carries some degree of risk. It's crucial to approach it wisely, but don't do it alone. The Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee has decades of experience and an impressive collection of minds working for our clients. We do investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning as an elite full-service wealth management experience. Most importantly, we're a fee-only fiduciary. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Danny. Stick around. We're going to be back. This is the Has the relationship show. with your financial advisors changed? It was great at first, but now you never hear from them unless they've got something to sell. Or once you learn about conflicts of interest, excessive fees, or a lack of resources. Annex Wealth Management is different. We provide comprehensive investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning using our team built to serve. We're experienced, we're local, we're ready, and most importantly, we're a fee-only fiduciary. Meet the challenges this year with a partner acting in your best interest. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Read the story. Read the Know the Difference checklist. We're a fee-only fiduciary. That's important. And then click that Get Started button. I want to tell you real quick, we have a uh, fast-approaching webinar. Uh, it's our second time that we've done this. Really popular. It's called Moving in Retirement, Residence versus Domicile. When you live in a couple of different places, it really matters where your domicile is. We're doing that Thursday, Thursday at 4.30 in the afternoon. You can register at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Events tab. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer, and Mark Beck is Director of Wealth Management Services. Living in a couple of places, maybe a good example to that would be Wisconsin and Florida, right? And right now is the time to be here in Naples, where the sun is shining and it's beautiful. Yeah, you look back at home, if if Wisconsin is home, and you see the temperatures there, and Naples looks perfect. The polar vortex has landed, right? Derek, we've got a research partner that uh, we spend a lot of time with, and this past week they put out some really interesting statistics, a couple of them caught my eye. One of them that I think maybe is the definition of irony, and that is the statistic that last year in 2020, China was the only major economy worldwide to have growth in their economy, up 2.3%. Well, they kind of had a head start on working with the virus, so I'm I'm not really surprised. Uh, The other thing about China that, that they also highlighted there, too, was that for the first time since July, the central bank actually pulled money out of the banking system. So they've re- reduced their accommodative stance somewhat. And that's something I think that also that bears some watching. The other point that they made that I thought was really interesting, and you've you've talked about it before, was that U.S. savings is, is 1.5 trillion greater today than it was a year ago. And when you think about that and what that could mean as as the economy begins to recover, as more and more people get vaccinated, there's going to be enormous pent up demand for any number of things like travel to Florida. Absolutely. You know, this is really big number. And I I think that was very surprising to see. uh, And the magnitude of it is important. I can tell you, you know, all the conversations that I have with clients, and almost every one of them has a story about some trip last year they were really looking forward to. It had to be plan. It had to be canceled. They're really planning on when can we do that, you know, into the future here. And so pent up demand, you know, might be a big part of that. Let's let's get out and start doing the things we want to be doing, traveling, you know, European travel, all that kind of stuff uh, would be part of it. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about real quick, Derek, it looks like this, right? So right now, every time we see some kind of move. 
some kind of earnings announcement, some directional guidance from a company. We get some pretty big and dramatic moves in the stock market. It feels a little more volatile right now than normal, either on the upside or on the downside. Just by percentage terms, we're getting big moves in the stock market. What do you think is leading to some of these larger moves that we're seeing? I think that the real issue is volatility was unusually low for three or four years in a row before this year and even the latter half of last year. I mean, the VIX, which is the fear index, is a measure of volatility. And the average for the VIX over the long term is about 20. We spent most of 2016, 17, and 18 with a VIX at about 10, 11. So that that means option traders expected less volatility, less movement in the underlying prices of the stocks whose options we're talking about. Uh, and what, what we see now is a return to more of a normal environment. And this is typically what you see also during the first year of a presidential term. There's uncertainty about what policies will get enacted versus what was promised. Uh, there's fight back, obviously, from the party that's no longer in charge. They don't like it, so they make it difficult. And that can lead to market volatility. And it also can lead to big portfolio shifts in terms of sectors you want to uh, overweight versus underweight because policies changes do ultimately affect company fundamentals. Yeah, I agree with that. And I guess, you know, the driving point I might uh, highlight for people is, you know, this is not the type of thing to let spook you in terms of how you've constructed your portfolio, you know, but Derek, recently we've been rewarded for diversifying portfolios and sticking to a quality asset allocation plan. Sometimes that gets called into question. We believe all the time it's the right answer. No, absolutely. And, you know, and we also talk about, you know, proactive rebalancing. We don't rebalance because it's the end of the quarter or we have some time at the end of the day. We do it when we think asset classes become overvalued relative to each other. And that's what our software is, is good at finding. And it helps us be more efficient and disciplined to enact our process. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. And Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management Services. Uh, just another reminder, moving in retirement, the webinar, Residence versus Domicile, that happens Thursday. Yep, it's coming up pretty quick. Thursday, 4.30 in the afternoon. Register at AnnexWealth.com. In the meantime, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Read our story. We are a fee-only fiduciary. Click that Get Started button. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a week. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.